Hey guys, get your cheese wheels and beers. It's the Door Guys podcast. Door Guys number 14. This is Davis and Scott. And today we're joined by uh, the chef here at the Funny Bone, Chef Brian. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, guys. <laughs> and uh, I want to start out talking about this guy that came in the other day. What's his name? He's super nice, Matt Schneider. Is yeah. that his name? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you uh, if guy. you heard about this, Brian, but this guy came up here to do an open mic. He said he was from New York. He's living in his car. Uh, Colleen brought his name to Scott, and so Scott did some research on the internet and found him on Twitter, and this guy's Twitter that Scott found, who happened not to be the correct guy, was all pictures with, like, a shirt off, like, posing with his arms behind his head. <laughs> Working out. Uh, very gay pornish, not stand-up, even though it did say he was a stand-up and he was a lawyer. <laughs> well, the best part about it is... When you read through some of the comments, you'd be like, oh, we can see the top half. What about the bottom? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? What did we find? So Colleen was adamant that this guy was not going to do a guest set uh, because she was afraid he was going to take his clothes off. She had us convinced. His whole the, vibe was weird. The like, guy that I found, he looked like the, the real guy looked like Brad Garrett from fucking everybody. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, skinnier version. Just a did. skinnier version of him. But uh, the guy that we found on the Internet did not look like that whatsoever. And, uh, yeah, Colleen kind of she, – she told him, we're not going to let you do a guest set because I'm afraid you're going to take your shirt off. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. <laughs> and it, it wasn't even the right guy. His yeah. name was spelled totally different. I felt horrified for him because you could tell how sad he was about the whole situation because he's like, you know, it's kind of an – embarrassing but i'm also <laughs> he was super confused i'm also just like glad we i'm not that guy yeah. <laughs> well you know have a better online presence if you're gonna ask for something <laughs> this is true it wasn't him <laughs> that's what i mean yeah. if the, if the, the half naked oh comedian, yeah good call <laughs> half naked comedian has better presence that's why we thought it was you buddy uh yeah so it wasn't him and he actually did get to do a guest set did all right oh, yeah he did all right couple of his jokes were, you know, they were kind of shots in the dark, but. And then the other, uh, I guess, club news I have is we had shows with Larry the Cable Guy earlier this week, and they went awesome, except uh, when we were leaving late that night, there was diarrhea coming up from the drain, and what ended up happening is someone flushed their underwear. So one, <laughs> one of the fans that was here for the show uh, – must have or an employee you don't know you never saw (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sure it was one of our employees uh somebody gambled and lost and uh flushed some undies down the toilet for us and the reason i brought that up is just a psa don't flush your underwear down the toilet it's gonna fuck up the plumbing either at your house or at a business that you do it costs a lot of money it takes a lot of hours to clean that out sons of bitches yeah just do what every other normal american does and just leave them there in the stall for everyone else to see Fucking savages. <laughs> you could throw them away, too. I mean, that's the the reasonable answer. Yeah, that's what you would do. Yeah. Uh, like when I shit my pants at the golf course one time, I threw my underwear in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> You've got experience with this. <laughs> yes. See, my experience is the exact opposite because my, uh, my stepdad worked in construction, and we'd go to, like, construction sites, and dudes would fucking shart 
in their underwear at the construction site. And I can't tell you how many times I walked in the porta potties and found underwear sitting on a fucking side of a porta potty like a diaper, just <laughs> filled up and just chilling there. Like they wouldn't even drop it down into the toilet. Yeah, well, I just uh, I was just out in Colorado, and my brother does like construction, like land out, outdoor work, and he said uh, the happiest days are when you come across a porta potty because usually you're just shitting or finding a tree or shitting in a fucking bucket or dumping your underwear in someone's toilet or whatever. Uh, and so, um, yeah, those guys. Um, they don't know how to use a porta potty, Scott. Is what I'm trying to say. Is why they left their shit up on the top of it. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you're outside at a golf course, you could just leave them. Oh, uh, just on the grass in the rough. <laughs> leave them in the rough. Yeah. Well, they had one of those. Uh, I guess it wasn't a dumpster. It was one of those little trash cans you can see all the way through because it's mesh. So there's just some dirty, shitty underwear in there for the next people that went by. We had to get we had to get our sewer line replaced last year, and Tracy and I had to poop in a bucket for like six weeks. <laughs> that is the. I didn't know you were pooping in a bucket, but yeah. I didn't know you. We got one of those camping ones with the bucket with the toilet on it. Oh yeah, how was that? It was fine. I mean, I was, I had my stuff timed out so pretty much i was always pooping somewhere else nice yeah <laughs> that's a good that's, strategy that's the way you want to do it if you can yeah. that's like the emergency at home poop only <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> well awesome so brian we have questions for you just like everybody else uh and i want to say thank you for getting me into the funny bone because i met brian through another restaurant uh, where he was working, uh, and I asked him if he was hiring for anything in their kitchen because I just needed a part-time job, and uh, he was like, yeah, just come up, probably not kitchen, but you could probably be a door guy, and that's how I had my awesome interview, which like, when are you starting? <laughs> it was, wasn't an interview, <laughs> so. Yeah, Colleen's pretty good, you know, judgy character, so she looks at you and goes, hey, it'll work. Yes. Yeah, yep. and she's like spot on, mm-hmm. like, it's she's amazing. Been- She's been around a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, well, sometimes she'll give someone one shift, and then she'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? <laughs> I read that person wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so my first question is, why did you get your job at the Funny Bone? Uh, let's see. I was actually uh, not working as a chef at the time I got hired here. I was working as a machinist, but I'd already had a culinary degree, and I was just kind of saving up some cash to move from Fremont uh, to basically anywhere else to start cooking. Yeah. And I knew door guys. I actually knew two door guys that worked here at the new club, and they had gone through like three different uh, kitchen managers in about 15 months since they opened up the place. And uh, I told them to uh, put my name in, and I actually came up here for my birthday, and I talked to Colleen. I was too drunk to remember that, but they, they <laughs> called me on Wednesday, and they're like, or they called me on Tuesday, and they're like, hey, why don't you come on out here and have an interview? So they were sick of their current guy. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so. And how long ago was that? When did you? 15 years ago, last that's, month. That's what I thought. <laughs> you got some time in here. Um, so when you, when you got hired, I mean, were you in a comedy before you came over here? I mean. Uh, well, I said I was here for a show. We actually saw Polly Shore. Oh, uh, nice. One of the favorites of the show. But I don't, yeah. Uh, You know, off and on, uh, I had always kind of kept, you you would see it, you know. Yeah. You would see it, but it wasn't really a big part of my life or anything. Right. So I'd seen 
Eddie Murphy. I had seen Chris Rock. I had seen George Carlin, you know, on Showtime and HBO and stuff like that. I had an old Dennis Leary tape yeah. from the 90s singing Asshole. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> My dad had that I used to listen to all the time. Yeah, but I didn't really get into into comedy until I got my job here. So yeah, I think it has a way of doing that with a lot of people. Yeah, I feel like most of the most employees that we've had on or people that we work with um, say about the same thing that they they knew about it or whatever, but they weren't really like fanatics until, you know, they got I think some I forget who it was that said it was a whole different world that they didn't even know about when they started working here. Well, it's uh <coughs> you know, just having the the show is exciting cuz there's a lot going on during a show, but to uh to be able to stop and laugh, like you have to Forget about everything you're doing in your entire life, you know. Like, right. You forget you have to go to the bathroom. You forget about your bills. You forget about, you know, whatever's going on in your life. You have to forget about everything to right. laugh. Right. That is true. That is and true. then you're sitting there five nights a week, and you just it's it's a great little thirty second break, but it's also kind of just a little addictive drug. That <laughs> no, first year's the, that is. first year's the worst, like because you watch everybody that comes through. Sure, you know and that's when you get your favorite guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah my my first year was uh, pretty star studded. <laughs> I, I lucked out in that sense. Yeah, my I first like show was T.J. Miller. So I feel like it's like a comedy boom for a while now, for a few years now. So we've been, we've been really bringing in heavy hitters because I think with the social media and everything. The internet that fucking it's just like a big there's more exposure for everyone because back in the day uh it was just like you either got a tv show or like there was a handful of guys that got like specials on hbo or whatever everyone else you never fucking heard of unless you went to a comedy club you know and comedy central picked out like the worst right their bits and their sets were all cut up when you'd get a comedy central half hour or hour oh yeah you know so it's not really indicative of kind of what you would see in a club Right. Well, and it's like, you know, just it, what we brought up about that poor guy who wanted to do a guest set, you know, mm-hmm. with with today, if Colleen would have spelled his name right, <laughs> she, she could have looked him up if he had videos up on YouTube. Right. She could have instantly seen if he was someone that she thought would be funny or could do a guest set. Whereas back in the day, I mean, you only knew if you saw it on somebody's tape. Like, sure. They'd have to send you a tape or have a tape with them yeah. or... In yeah. fact, we asked, I think you might have asked her, Scott, when we when we were just talking about that whole process, because you do have to kind of screen. You can't just put whoever comes up here and says, I'm a comedian up there on a show where we have nationally touring comedians. Yeah. And she said back in the day, uh, we asked her how she would do it, because now she can just go Google, see some stuff on YouTube and be like, OK, they're decent enough to have on there. Back in the day, she said she would look at uh, VHS tapes and that she'd have her sons look at them and that that's how they'd pick people. We had boxes and boxes and boxes of tapes and CDs from just, you know, nobody comedians trying to get in the door. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's (laughs) that that had to be the wild, wild west back then. I remember like going through them all when we were doing the pictures for the bar, getting all those headshots together. Oh, yeah. Because we just pick them up and, uh, show it through the window from the ticket booth to the office and be like, hey, what about so-and-so? And Colleen would be like, I never fucking heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and we had boxes and boxes and boxes of that. And we had to narrow it down to, you know, 500 or 600 headshots. 
Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And now she can go person to person, like, oh, he writes for so and so. He does cruise ships. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Uh, <laughs> He's that, dead. <laughs> that happens a lot too. It's a little weird. That's crazy. Uh, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something about the headshots. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started, who was here that first weekend? My uh, my very first weekend, I don't remember the opener. It was either Nick or Richard. I'm sure of it. And uh, featuring was uh, well, headlining was uh, Eddie Gosling. Eddie Gosling uh, writes for Tosh.0. Oh, I actually think he's Daniel Tosh's uncle. Oh, and really? He's got a big gray beard like yours, and he's super nerdy. He's hilarious. His wife is even funnier. Oh, shit. And uh, opening for them was Craig Peters. So oh, nice. Craig oh, Peters, yeah. Craig Peters and Eddie Gosling. Well, that's awesome. Hell, yeah. Yeah, Craig is a club favorite around here. He still comes around a lot. Good first week. And I think my second week was Medicine Hat. Oh, that's, that's a bang-up first couple weeks there. Oh, yeah. Was it super stressful? Because uh, that is that the first like kitchen you were running and kitchen bar that you were running ever? Uh, yeah, this is my first running a kitchen bar job. But I mean, I'd helped open up places. I had worked a lot. You know, oh, gotcha. So aside from the like eighteen months I took off to as a machinist, I basically worked since the middle of the nineties in kind of fast, faster-paced oh, okay. kitchens. Gotcha. So uh, the pace w- wasn't big for me to catch up on and the banquets actually were right up my alley too from some hotel work it was just the first time that i was actually in charge of the scheduling the ordering gotcha but i had done that in different aspects of different jobs so well yeah and here it's it can be so hit or miss too i mean you could when i managed for red lobster i knew what i had to order and my order almost never changed on a weekly basis but here you know, we have a weekend where we could have, even when we were at capacity, you might only have 50 people a show, 70 people a show all weekend. Whereas the next weekend you have 300 people a show and you've got six shows. And I mean, so you, accounting for all that, I'm sure is way different than working most any other restaurant anyway. Yeah, I kind of take the philosophy where I just I over prepare and I overstaff and then, you know, you just have extra for the next week. You know, I'll ask who wants to be cut. But I make them all show up first. I don't, yeah. I don't cut before then. That's, That's the way good, to do it. Yeah, that is the way to do it. Uh, also, I would I would find it, I guess it's not that difficult because you have the schedule before, but you also have to prepare like for different crowds like in different things so that we don't have shit sold out or whatever like one weekend we got to have more chicken wings one weekend we have more steaks shit like that yeah that's the big one uh a lot of chicken apocalypse weekends and then uh (laughs) comedians that just uh sell more food in general like when uh john paul's here people just eat more right more people come here to eat and enjoy the show it's the same thing with tammy pescatelli it's a lot more date nights a lot more salads more dinners just more food across the board for you know 300 people compared to another show with 300 people did that take you a while to like figure that out when you first started here that uh it was gonna that you had to prepare differently for different shows and stuff was that yeah yeah i mean there was some running around you know the first year or so going to sam's club a lot or whatever i had to do but for the most part it was even when i first started we were still working out of the freezer a lot we weren't prepping a ton of food so it was gotcha. just over ordering, like just order tons of food and we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah. And once I got the hang of that and we rolled through a few different menus, I started to like kick the people in charge. And I was like, we should start making more food. So now, not right now, 
But now, normally, <laughs> yeah, in general, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we make everything in-house. You know, our salsa, our barbecue, our marinara, the pulled pork. We have a lot of dishes that are just 100% made in-house. Even in the summer, you know, like the jalapenos and the tomatoes are coming from me. They're coming right. from my farm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's – see, that that's – obviously, right now, we're in the corona times. But for being a comedy club, we do have better food than, you know – you would expect coming in here for bar food. Yeah. It's really yes. good. It's, it's, it's more of an upscale bar food than you're going to get anywhere else. Um, so who's your favorite comedian? Uh, I don't know. I probably have some favorite moments, uh, <laughs> compared to favorite comedians. Cause okay. I'll, I'll, you know, you guys are the same way. Now you start seeing someone four five, six times and now they're better friends. Like I like Tom right. Dustin a lot more now than, you know, I listen to him all the time. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. But he's not, he's not my top three comedian. Sorry, right, Tom. I right. love you. <laughs> uh, no, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> so, yeah, they become friends, and you don't look at them like comedians anymore. Uh, there are still guys out there that I, I try to re- just remember, like, the most I've laughed. When was the last time that you could kind of count that on one side and be like, all right, that's the most I laughed in a long, 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 long time? So that's how I count it now. I don't go by the people anymore. Uh, and that was Colin Moulton. One of the first times I saw Colin Moulton, he closed with a bit about driving through Kansas and getting pulled over by a cop with a stutter. <laughs> and he did the impression of the cop. He did the stutter impression like to a T, and he made it hilarious. And then you want to step further as the joke progressed. He goes, what if you had a stutter? And you got pulled over by that cop. Oh, God. And then he played out that scenario. <laughs> oh, that's great. Where the, the cop thinks the guy is making fun of him, and he's, like, reaching for his gun. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, get on the ground, 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 right out. <laughs> when he was finishing that bit up after it had kind of built, I was dead. I thought I was going to die. That's awesome. I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up, see if it's online anywhere. I, it, I'm sure it is. Because yeah, he did a dry bar stuff. All these guys have now gone and done dry bar things. Right. So those are only five dollar shows. Half yeah. The time they're free. I've been seeing a lot of those lately. Uh, I think maybe on Facebook being advertised the Dry Bar. Uh, oh Karen, yeah. Karen Morgan, who's a comic who used to come here a lot, uh, she just had one that I didn't know about. There's a lot of people that I didn't know about uh, that are on the Dry Bar now. Sometimes it's a little weird to see it because these guys will have to mix in older bits to get their full hour. Right. Because they have to be super clean because yeah. that stuff's in Salt Lake City. Right. So it's a clean set. But it's still really good. It is. It is. Uh, I think James Johan had one on there that was yeah. really awesome. Yeah, I really like Chell Bjorgens. I really like yep. Tommy Ryman's. They were all really funny. Uh, what's his name? He's uh, He was signed to Cable Guy's uh, record label. They recorded his album here. Chad Thornsberry. Chad Thornsberry. Yep. He has a really good dry bar special yes, he, on yeah, right Yeah, his now. is good too. Um, another guy, Shane Smith. He came through with the dry bar tour that they did last year. Uh, I think that was somewhere towards the end of summer, maybe. But uh, he's a dude with the tattoos all yeah, over Yeah, I was just going to ask. Face gotcha. And, That's uh, who I thought he was. Yeah, they did just – and they, they sent four dudes out that were on Dry Bar. And he's the only one that I remember because I'm friends with him on social media and stuff like that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So And that makes sense. I mean, having been here for that long – gauging it by who made you laugh the hardest versus who your favorite comedian. I mean, cause you, you've got relationships with probably tons of comedians, that, right? You know, you've been here for long enough that you've seen them 
you know, if you're lucky, they come through once a year. Some guys are coming through twice, three times a year, more depending on who they are. And so, yeah, we, you do start to build those relationships. We Even as door guys, you know, we do. And we don't really deal with them too much besides, you know, getting their show started. Yeah, I remember when, like, Augie Smith used to talk about getting call girls in different towns and stuff like that. <laughs> and now he's, like, married with two kids. And he's like, this is me now. And I'm like, I remember you then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't always, buddy. Uh, so, uh, obviously, like... Uh, Daisy and Vinny, you've been around for a long time, so yeah. you've got tons of stories. Um, so anything stand out, like just tip of the tongue, just something that crazy happened here? I don't know. I feel like I've missed a lot of it the last seven or eight years because I'm in early and then I bounce. I leave early anyway. Yeah. So I don't catch the end of the show or maybe halfway through the headliner set, you know, uh, especially we don't do staff drinks anymore because I used to just sit around and wait for the rest of the staff to get off work and we <laughs> right. go drink somewhere. I'm well, and when you're here, you're busy back in the kitchen where you're right. not out looking at the show. You're busy running around back there. Uh, I mostly remember, like, when someone will pass out and you can't wake them up. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> we have to call the ambulance to come out and get them. <laughs> that happened a few times. <laughs> and I remember when uh, bigger name comedians will throw us their contract that's basically for small theaters. And that'll have a big writer full of stuff on it. Colin will be like, hey, just go ahead and get all this stuff. I'll be like, really? <laughs> and like, for those of you who don't know, the, the writers in a, a comedian's contract, it's just like anyone who tours, any celebrity that tours, they have requirements. And sometimes they're ridiculous. I worked at uh, the CenturyLink Center back in the day. I worked for Mecca, and I did security. And I just had a chance to see a writer for, I think it was Katy Perry or something like that. But they wanted nice Skittle. Oh, great tits. <laughs> they, but they wanted Skittles, but they only wanted green Skittles in the bowl. And it was at the bottom of the list, and it was such a bullshit request. They weren't going to eat those Skittles. Well, they just want to make sure you're But they want to the make writer. sure yeah, you that's, read the uh, rider. They, had, they, they throw shit like that in there. It's annoying. We don't really have the room in our green room for a lot of stuff. For the most part, you know, if they want, you know, a salmon platter or crudite and chips and bullshit. Or if like they're, I, um, who was it? There's, there's a couple guys that I know that come through that are vegan or vegetarian. Right. When Louis C.K. was here, we, then we have to get him like certain nuts or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They, sometimes they want certain nuts, certain chips, and it's just snack stuff for the most part. Sometimes it's, uh, something else. Uh, and that's a little harder to track down. <laughs> uh, D.L. Hughley has a specific cigar. We try to get him down at Nickleby's. Uh, I remember, Charlie Murphy needing a six-pack of white Hanes shirts. He'd get a different shirt every show, so his shirt wasn't... And they Sweaty, did this, maybe? Yeah, yeah, that's it. He just wanted a nice, clean shirt every show. Different guys want different things. So uh, some guys wanted special liquors or champagnes. I think Eddie Griffin needed Vucaclay champagne. He might have also got Air Force Ones. I was going to say, I feel like somebody had in their writer that they get a new pair of shoes yeah, wherever well, I, they go. I'm almost sure it was him. It might have been somebody else, but it was white on white Air Force Ones. Every <laughs> single week, he got a new pair of shoes. Jesus. Clean. He probably well, wore them for that weekend, and that was it, too. That was it, yeah. Yeah. I never got to work here with him, but he's an infamous. There's stories about him being a big-time dickhead around. No, so. I never really had any problems with uh, any of the comedians that come through, even if some of them were a-holes. You just know that, oh, well, it's going to be that kind of right, weekend. Right, right. There becomes a point. It's kind of like the uh, the hot versus crazy scale. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's oh, a funny gotcha. versus a-hole scale. Gotcha. And you just quit. Uh, you, you don't book that guy anymore. Like uh, Dustin Diamond. I don't need to book Dustin Diamond anymore. Yeah. He's not funny. He's not making us any money, and he's a giant pain in the ass to deal with. Right. Makes sense. We were... Excuse me. We were talking yesterday with uh, we had Sean O'Brien this weekend as our feature, and we were talking about uh, Pauly Shore and you know just kind of uh, how we have kind of talked shit about him, but not really. And we acknowledge the fact that you know it's the way he grew up. You know, and if any of us grew up in that situation, we'd be that guy probably. Probably you be know? dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good yeah, call. That's true. <laughs> but you made a good point. Like the dudes had pussy thrown at him since he was old enough to know what pussy was. Yeah, like every uh, hour on the hour since nineteen ninety one. Yeah, yeah. When he was just a young dude, like when we were all like trying our hardest to get well, just, pussy, he just well, fucking walk outside. Think about it. Like I remember when I was. I mean, I remember him as a VJ on MTV in the nineties oh, yeah. at the spring breaks, like. Obviously, he had his movies, which people, you know, remember him from. But I, I specifically remember him from the MTV shit. And you think he didn't bang a different chick, like, every commercial break? Like, it was there for him, and it was an option. And that's just the way he's grown up. So, uh, yeah, we kind of <laughs> we talked about it. And Sean told some funny stories, which I'm sure when he's on, uh, he'll talk, he'll talk yeah. about as well. It's the same scale. He's, uh, he's funny enough. That and he can be crazy. He gets he can, away with it. He yeah. makes it work. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's not that big of an asshole, and he's that funny. that, And he is really funny. I have saw him a couple times. My very first, before I got hired here, was Pauly Shore, and I saw that show before I got hired. And uh, he was really funny. Some of this stuff, I mean, comedy was really weird in 2005. Yeah. I'd say it's a little derivative. He was still kind of banking on, like, I'm Pauly Shore. Yeah, right. since then, like wheeze the juice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since then, he has written a lot of really good stuff. Right. Yeah, last time he was in town, uh, I heard I, I wasn't here, but I heard he uh, did a good job and was actually a pretty nice dude to everybody, which is awesome. I mean, well, yeah, and that's that's after losing his dad and his mom. And I mean, sometimes that, you grow up. Man. Yeah, just that shit fucks with you. So maybe <laughs> that's what it was. Definitely part of it, probably. Yeah. Um, and that's all like the normal questions that I ask everybody. What do you got, Davis? I got a question for you. Um, (laughs) did you kill a horse at a bachelor party at one point in your life? And part B of this question, did you cook that horse after it was dead? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's really, really hard to get horse meat in uh, America. America is the only country in the world that like doesn't sell horse meat. We do export horses for meat to other countries. America uh, does? I did yeah. not know that. We had a horse pass away <laughs> at a bachelor <laughs> party. <laughs> I And it, it was definitely at least partially my fault. I had rented. No, I didn't rent. My uncle ran a karaoke company, and I asked to borrow his gigantic PA system and speakers and everything for this bachelor party because they had, like, built the stage they had put in oh, the shit. fog machine and the lights and oh, everything shit. else in this big like triple car garage <laughs> and it was so loud that this horse got scared and it ran into a fence and they ended up the next day having to put it down like, <laughs> like an electric fence or just no, a just, regular fence just a regular fence ran yeah into horse, it? Oh, horse's fuck. legs are really really you know thin and tender and yeah, if you rip them sure. up you like they don't do ACL replacement on horses. They're no just way. like, well, they, we're just yeah, gonna, they shoot them. Yeah. yeah unless, it, <laughs> unless they have a reason to do it, they don't do it. So they had to put that horse down. Shit. I had already kind of packed up and left at that point, but that did happen 
at a bachelor party, and I was definitely <laughs> partly responsible. <laughs> Interesting. Is there a second half to that question? Uh, yeah, did you cook that horse? Oh, no, no. Didn't cook that horse. <laughs> well, it's crazy to me, too, because I know, like, in the U.K., specifically, I mean, it's easy. You go to a restaurant, and it's, like, an option. It's supposed to be. I remember learning about it. It's supposed to be uh, a little... Uh, it's got a weird mouthfeel to it. Uh, the huh. muscle strains are really, really long in horse meat, so it's not like eating a really tender steak. You know, it's a, yeah, I was going to say horses are very muscular, so I feel like it wouldn't be very delicious. Well, they, you, when eat. you see yeah. them, I mean, just like standing broadside, they've got long, they're, they're yes. long muscles, so that makes sense. <laughs> Ryan's seen a picture of a dude. I don't have it up to, I'll have to find it to put it on our fucking post later, but uh, this dude got a, tattoo of a horse that like went across his body but where the horse's dick would be coming out is where his junk was and he had it covered up and all like the reddit post just annihilated this guy they were like that bag that you're covering your junk with is a little too small to be a horse there buddy and yeah just fucking shredded him you need to get like a little tiny horse yeah <laughs> get a get a little merry-go-round horse or something or not merry-go-round uh carousel, you know, carousel horse I want to know uh, what is what would be your go-to dish if, say, like a guy came in here right now and put a gun to your head and was like, "You make me the fucking best food ever right now, or I'm gonna blow your brains out." Mm. <laughs> I, you're like assuming I have a completely stocked pantry. Yeah, you can. Yes. Ingredient available. Yes, anything available. <laughs> All right, that makes a big difference. Right <laughs> now, does if a guy came in here, he would get like the last portion of soup that we just <laughs> ate. <laughs> And it was really great. So. It was. It was amazing. Brian made his jambalaya for the podcast. It was uh, the best. What dish do I make the best? That's a hard question. I make so much good food. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I make a really, really fantastic. I braise food really, really well. Or at least I like to think I do. Uh, so, like, braised lamb shanks. Right, way, way on top. Definitely, like, top three, top five. I could whip out a braised lamb shake if you could hold that gun to my head for like three hours oh shit so <laughs> it take a little while that sounds delicious yeah braised huh. short ribs i was actually i was working uh with my day job to do a couple of nighttime events where they sell tickets so they smell they only sell like 10 or 20 tickets for these dinners that feature you know their chefs their different chefs oh that's there. awesome and that had uh coffee braised bison short ribs on it that was a big thing that i was going to do over the winter i don't know if we're going to get did it you done. say coffee yeah yeah so it was like a coffee kind of a marinade that you'd let it sit in for a day or oh, so no shit before you would braise those short ribs off it's just that different kind of that subtle kind of bitterness i was just going to say the bitterness of the coffee it gets in there yeah that's awesome fuck i never heard of using coffee that's awesome uh what's the i guess after I wrote this question down, I was kind of thinking about it, and pretty much most of the comics just order off our menu. Have you ever had to make anything super weird, like special for anybody? I guess that would go along with the writer shit. Uh, no. No? Just normal shit always? Just normal stuff. They know now that most of the comics that have been here love our food, so it's not a big deal. That's true. And if, uh, if you're new here or a big name or something, you're probably getting, you know, a a server in the green room now they'll just give you that dedicated server for your whole posse and they'll be like oh this is good that's good sometimes uh someone will come in and be like hey they really really want steaks and like i went and bought tj miller a couple of steaks like our steaks were really good but i 
kind of had him counted out. Right. And he said he wanted something extra thick, so I went and bought a couple steaks for him. And so a lot of times they'll just have recommendations. So like, we're going to go get some ramen, or if I'm going to go get a steak, where should I go buy a steak at, or go get one to get cooked for me, things like that. Where is the best place to get ramen in Omaha? Uh, this is my new thing I is like, ramen. I, I like Ica Ramen down in Benson. Yeah, that okay. place is the bomb. That's what um, everyone says, I feel like. But the service is kind of hit or miss. The food's great. Sometimes yeah. it just gets a little too full. Um, oh, gotcha. Billy's brother Mark was cooking there yeah, before. I oh, told him at we were, that ramen place? Yeah. yeah oh, I, no so shit. I told him we were getting the band back together, and he's like, well, I'm making $14 an hour. I don't know if I can come back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i went there i went there on your recommendation and uh the only thing i didn't pay attention to is i ordered their seafood ramen which is really good but i hate tofu yeah and (laughs) didn't pay attention that there was tofu in it so i mean that was my only group my my roommate got the uh it was like a fried chicken ramen oh shit and it's got like hot sauce in it i mean it was there's like it a piece good. of fried chicken in the ramen. I had like yeah. fried chicken skin and stuff in there chicken too. Chicken skins and fried chicken in uh, Japan is usually kind of chopped up and macerated a little bit before it's breaded. It's kararagi chicken. They serve that there too. It's really good. Yeah. Yum. Really good way to make chicken. And then we had we had something else, but yeah, everything that I had was phenomenal. You yeah. know, I, I there's a another decent ramen place at the new food court they built at the West Roads Mall. I not can't bad. Rem- yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It's not. It's not better than Ica Ramen, but it's still good. Yeah. The thing that made me laugh about Ica Ramen is I go in and they have like a little mini shrine to like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel what from like fuck? Fast yeah. and the Furious <laughs> up on the wall. There's like pictures all over the place, dude. I laughed so hard. It's really funny. We yeah. sat at the table right underneath that. So every time I like stretched or looked up, they were right there. I'm like, oh, he's watching me. This is kind of weird. <laughs> and the uh, best steak is probably, I like the Drury. Okay. The Drury, their whiskey steaks, so good. I've heard of that place. I haven't been there. Been there. The Drury. Yeah. I've heard of it for sure, but I have not been there. I like. I think the last really good steak I had was at Fleming's. But that's a great. That's a pretty good place. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that I couldn't have done at home, which was disappointing. Like that's the thing. You can't do that whiskey steak at home. Yeah, it's never as good. That that yeah, it was that that was disappointing. But other than that, you know, it was still a good steak. I wouldn't knock it for sure, but. Uh, some people might not know this, but uh, Brian introduced me to some shit on anime that was the craziest shit I've ever seen. It was uh, <laughs> seemed innocent enough. It was these chicks playing volleyball, and then all of a sudden they started hitting the ball with their butts and then f- started fighting with their butts, <laughs> and it was fighting anime butt stuff. It was awesome. <laughs> that was one day. Sometimes, uh, yeah, you just up here l- at work. learn that something's out there, and you go... <laughs> Well, I got five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'll check it out. I never knew that I liked it, and I do. <laughs> so we also have – I also want to say uh, – I want to give Brian a congratulations as well because we just found out uh, he is adopting a set of twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brian uh, has already adopted a daughter. Yep. Um, so my – I have a question for you. Is, my wife did it too. I well, I mean – no, It was yeah. probably mostly her. It was probably mostly her. <laughs> so when we, we worked together at the other restaurant, uh, you had a car that you were selling yep. as, as part of this funding. I mean, you were really dedicated to, you know, coming up with the money because obviously adoption a lot of money. is a lot of money. money. Yeah. It's expensive. Uh, but 
My question is, when your daughter cries, does it remind you of the car you sold? <laughs> no, but I do keep a picture of it right next to her. <laughs> I forget. What kind of car was it? it was a it's Plymouth, one you restored, right? Yeah, it was a Plymouth Scamp. Nice a, it was a badass-looking car, too. I remember what it looked like. I just couldn't remember what it was. You also restore motorcycles, right? Yeah, I've got a few of those laying around. They're not worth any cash, though. You never make any money on a motorcycle. Yeah, but still, I mean, you were doing one for a comedian. Yeah, you know? before all of this hit, I was finishing one up for Ben, Ben Roy, and it's just kind of like, well, we're definitely going to put this on the back burner. Yeah. You know? Is that the one with, like, the Japanese flag seat? Yeah. Uh, that one's sweet. Tommy Hanlon made that, our old door guy, Tommy. Oh, he made that seat? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. He's got awesome. his leather company, right. Hanlon huh. Leather. You guys hit him up if you need something nice because he only makes, like, super high-end leather stuff. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it looks really good. Uh, but do you <laughs> – so is it true you work on those in your basement? I was working on them on my basement until this summer. So now I'm, I, we were going around and tearing out the – uh, my basement was kind of paneled in in okay. the 70s or 80s, so we're tearing all of that out and retuck pointing all of our brick. So I had to move all that stuff to the garage finally. But, <laughs> like, it's 10 degrees outside right now, and my garage is cold as shit. So ah. it made sense. I'd do it in my basement, and then one day when I'd have, like, four people over, they'd be like, hey, guys, why don't you help me out with something? <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to help me pick this motorcycle up, like, four or five stairs to get it outside. Oh, so it was only a few. It wasn't that many stairs. It's about seven feet. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just imagine like like a bunch of dudes with a ramp trying to push a motorcycle up a flight of stairs into somebody's like <laughs> main floor. Oh, I thought we were gonna hang out today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will once you're done working yeah, for me. The very first motorcycle I did, I was still living in my apartment on the third floor, <laughs> and I got that. I drove all the way to Ohio and back to get it. And oh then shit! I started just started taking it apart out in the in my parking lot and just taking it up one one part at a time. No shit! Up to my apartment, and then finally I got down to like the motor and the frame, or about half the bike. I got down to about half the bike, and I was like, "Ugh, it's gonna be." You need some special tools to take it apart. This isn't gonna work. I had to call my old cook Charlie, uh, Charlie Lechtenberger. Sure. I was like, Why don't you come over and uh, help me move this motorcycle, and uh, I'll buy you some Chinese food. He's like, okay. He got there. He's like, I thought you meant like push it somewhere. <laughs> we had to pick it up like three flights of stairs to get it. Oh shit! To get it in my apartment. <laughs> Fuck. And then what? Did like, you bring it down in pieces, or did I, you build it up there? No, I took it apart up there, and then uh, I started taking the uh, all of the individual pieces to the different places, like to get them powder coated, and yeah. then oh, I nice. started putting it together somewhere else. Oh, okay. Thank okay. God. <laughs> I can just imagine that too. You fucking put a motorcycle together on the third floor. We're like, fuck, what am I doing now? I'd be I feel like when you ride these, down. you have one of those old school helmets with the big fucking goggles on that you. I don't. Because they're all like, but they're I do all like older, them. cool, like older like version 80s, motorcycles. 70s, yes, yes. 80s looking bikes. Yeah, that that one was a 1949. It was a really old bike. Ooh, Holy but shit. But yeah, now they're all from the 70s. They're <laughs> easy to work on, cheap to find parts for. It's a perfect little hobby. Hell yeah. That's awesome. You are the most interesting man in Omaha, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Because you guys also run that. The you had your farm, and you guys are part of the like Benson Food Forest. Yeah. Is so that, is that isn't that what it's called? That's what it's called. Yeah. So for the first three or four or five years, Tracy and I lived at this place in Benson. We farmed it. We had this giant extra lot, and it was like twenty thousand square feet. We'd farm it, and we ended up kind of working with this other nonprofit now to replace a lot of that area with permaculture. So it's instead of corn and squash, now it's, you know, fruit trees, nut trees, berry bushes, things that come back every year so we don't have to. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and they're kind of turning that into a really nice little meeting space or community space. Hell, yeah, that's awesome. And then as far as, like, the food growing on there, do people, like – pay like a membership or do they just kind of just whoever can come and just pick shit uh we were doing stuff at different farmers markets that was one of the things we did to pay for our first adoption gotcha uh now last year was this year although through covid we just donated everything we told people like just come by and pick whatever you want and when it was ready we would pick it and i would just take it to the heartland ministry downtown Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think the only thing we sold this year was uh, to like the place I'm working at during the day. We sold them some watermelons and tomatoes, and like that was about it. Nice. Well, yeah, and like you said, uh, you know, like uh, jalapenos and and tomatoes and stuff like that would come from your garden. Yeah, that comes so. here. Oh, didn't you grow some kind of special watermelons? I think I saw a picture of these. I that grew. You get- we grew three different ones this year. We grew orange ones, yellow ones, and regular two different kinds of red ones. Holy shit. I've never eaten an orange or a yellow watermelon. They're pretty good. Are they? Yeah. I think the yellow ones are probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. Is it just like they're a little sweeter? Yeah, sometimes they're a little bit sweeter. That's that's the only big difference. They don't taste like... I mean, texture and everything is the same. Yeah, the the bigger red ones can get a little grainy and a little watery. These smaller ones, the yellow ones and orange ones, usually sometimes their flesh is almost kind of... It's really, it's more dense, so it's almost like a honeydew sometimes. Oh, okay. Good shit. Yeah, I remember uh, when you were, when we worked together at the other restaurant, you were selling, it's like over the summer, he'd come in with his little basket full of shit to sell. and Yeah, I got done at the farmer's market at one, and then I just kind of pack up and go to the pizza place, and my back of my truck would still be full of stuff. <laughs> like, hey, you guys want some food? Or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I know I bought some... Uh, I think I bought jelly from you, uh, a couple different jellies or something like that. So, awesome. Well, I do have some news stories to go over, and then we have the Cheeto challenge, uh, and from one king to another because I know you won the chili cook-off They do yeah. last year. They I do sampled that, that chili. It was bomb. It was, it was real. It good. was I real cheated. good. I cheated. I just gave everyone a cinnamon <laughs> roll. Yeah, oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> It was a really great chili. It was. It was super good. Everyone also got a cinnamon roll, and it just put you over the top. It's a Nebraska thing. Yeah. It is. It definitely is. Um, So the first story I found in uh, this is absolutely ridiculous, and in fact, this needs some news music to go with it. Yeah, do it. Once I can get this stupid thing to work. Russian news, we got Russian <laughs> news. All of these stories are basically from Russia. <laughs> and uh, how much we hate horses this episode. Yeah. It's about horses. Well, this one wasn't about us hating a horse. It was about a horse hating a man who tried to give it a kiss. Oh, a horse revenge story. Yeah, this is this is the John Wick of horses. Apparently, 
in Russia, <laughs> this 25-year-old man tried to give this horse a kiss, and it did not like his advances, I guess. Uh, so the man named Vasily was drunk and came out of a bar in the city center when he stumbled upon two women riding horses. Now, if that doesn't say Russia, you're in the middle of the city at a bar, and you walk outside, and there's just chicks riding horses just down the street. Like, that's just a normal thing to do. Uh, or Valley, I mean, Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, there's a bar, uh, actually, in the town of Valley where I used to live where people would ride their horses and park them outside of the bar just like it was old times. Fuck, yeah. Did they have, like, a post they tied them to and everything? Uh, yeah, it was, some, it was a railing. <laughs> so, yeah, a post. Yeah, sure. Um, well, the, the best part about this is the man had made an advance at one of the women who shot him down. So he walked up to her horse and tried to kiss it instead of her, I guess. <laughs> oh, he was trying to prove his love to this lady, and her horse was like, no way, also, and bit his face off? Yeah, it just took a big old chunk out of his nose. And horses have, like, big fucking teeth. <laughs> duh. I mean, they have big fucking teeth. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you say duh, but you don't think about it because they eat grass all day. Like, they're a grazing animal. You don't think about that they can fucking chomp your nose off. I mean, that's true. You usually think of a horse, like, kicking you in the face or yeah. Yeah, no, trampling. Their faces are dangerous. <laughs> well, my grandpa had one that we used to feed beer all the time. <laughs> you would just, like, take the beer and you'd, like, set it in his teeth and he would grab it very gently and tilt his head back and drink the whole thing. it? Yeah, like, it's Fuck nothing yeah. to him. He weighs 2,000 pounds. Yeah. Is it Mr. Ed? And we called him Soda Pop because you were supposed to do it with pop, but you I never saw beer. him drink a pop. Yeah. It was always beer? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's like, you know, and th reading this, I mean, it's ridiculous. They were able to sew his nose back on. Oh, great. Uh, he said he, he, he said he was feeding a carrots when it turned and bit him. But you just walked out of a bar, buddy. Where the, where'd you get the fucking carrot? I don't I believe I feel like you. this is not like a Russian localized stories. A lot of people in America, a lot of people in general, like kiss their horses for sure right on the mouth. Yeah, I'm your sure. horse. <laughs> yeah. Not someone else's. <laughs> yeah, that good call. <laughs> well, and, and they like interviewed like zoo psychologists and everything to ask why would a horse bite this guy? And she was like, it's probably because he was drunk and Wait. nothing to do with the smell of the alcohol, but the fact that horses get really sketched out by like random movements they, they don't like impulsive behaviors they brought in a fucking zoo, zoo psychologist just for this story for this whole thing oh fuck yeah that seems a little that seems not russian at all <laughs> or, or or the most russian thing i've ever heard <laughs> uh but yeah that it made me that reading that story made me think too my uncle Big hunter, he lives up in South Dakota, and I, uh, I I shared this with our group chat, but a lot of people don't know that deer used to be omnivores. They didn't just eat berries and grass and whatever they could find. Like, they ate meat as well. And so uh, uh, some deer, specifically mule deer, can have a genetic mutation where they still have canine incisors in their I mouth. feel like we've yeah. said this before, and you're just trying to scare me of deer. No, we didn't <laughs> say it before because uh, you were – you weren't here, I think, when he sent it to me, but... Uh, the deer in northern Japan have fangs. Yeah. Oh, seriously? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, it looks like a dog's canine incisor in a deer's mouth. Like, no it's got way. the front teeth that are long and, you know, flat, but then it's got fucking fangs in the back. How terrifying. Oh, it's fucking super terrifying. Imagine that, you know, back uh, when they did eat meat, <laughs> being like a hunter-gatherer, you know, 20, 30,000 years ago, like ancient man just 
trying to survive and you get gored by a deer and then it eats you? Like, what the fuck? Well, I don't know if you've seen, like, I guess America's Funniest Home Videos and, like, maybe a dude's got too much deer cum on him or something and, like, a deer attacks them when they're not eating people, dude. They oh, yeah. fuck you up, dude. They're, like, boxing you and hitting you with their fucking horns. And those it's hooves crazy. will fuck you up. <laughs> hooves is a funny word to me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, probably the buffalo trace talking yeah probably what's left that bottle's empty now isn't it yes it is <laughs> i need more um this is another story out of russia and they were really i mean the new york post kudos to them for how they wrote this opening sentence but uh a russian airline manager has been sacked for a cocky stunt in which passengers were flown on a phallic-shaped detour uh, <laughs> in solidarity with a soccer store soccer star who was seen masturbating and leaked videos according to the New York Post. So I, I guess. Wait, so he did this for his buddy, the soccer player? The soccer player who got caught masturbating on a leaked video. Explain exactly what he did. He So when the plane was going in for their landing, they kept making them detour. And he detoured them in a way that made them draw a dick on the air, like the service the, to air radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, he started it off like the figure eight and then just looped it into a big old donger right back to the balls. And, uh, yeah, they, they fired him for it, which I don't think they should have because I think that's fucking hilarious. Sounds like disgruntled uh, disgruntled Russia. This was in Russia also? Yeah, and Russia said their state media described it as a ballsy flight path. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, if you got a detour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, if everybody is just taking free liberty to, to make jokes about it, that guy does not deserve to be fired. I mean, that's true. I, I think I'm with him. I stand. What's the dude's name? But again? it's also Russia, so like literally, they just tell you what to do. His so. name was Dennis Petrikov, so I stand with Dennis. <laughs> Give him his job. Back. He should probably just go silently into the night, or though he might be under the ice somewhere. Was, oh, was the pilot detouring, or was it the air traffic controller? No, it was the air traffic controller. Yeah, like that's a really good air traffic controller. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean that is he, true. He gave them the directions <laughs> to draw a penis. Yeah, like. <laughs> That, that's not flying planes isn't easy, especially when it comes to like the landing and detouring. Like they're very specific. That is true. Uh, here's uh, here's another good story that I found, and this one is based out of the U.S. Uh, and it was in Mississippi where smugglers tossed chicken wings, marijuana, and marijuana over the fence of a Mississippi prison. And the best part about it is now that the photo finally loaded, is they took footballs and cut footballs open. And stuffed everything in the footballs and then just threw them over the fence. And Shut footballs. the fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the chicken wings are like in like freezer bags. Like they're just cooked chicken wings packed in freezer bags that they stuffed in footballs. Where was this at again? Down in Jackson, Mississippi. Sorry, I have ADD. Uh, I don't think that's been – there's a show I've been watching for a while now. I watched a lot on my honeymoon uh, called 60 Days In, dude, <laughs> and uh, I wish they'd do it at this prison. <laughs> okay, but here's – okay, so they, they made a list of the haul from, you know, the smuggling attempt, which – this wasn't smuggling. Yeah, that's a loose definition. Yeah, it's a very loose definition. But – I they, mean, they were inside of a football, so – I mean – and inside a prison. <laughs> they might have made it inside a couple butts, too. Uh, but they found four pounds of marijuana, wow. 20 pounds of tobacco and rolling papers, 38 cell phones, chargers, and Bluetooth earbuds, an assortment of cigars, over-the-counter cold medication, 10 cans of snuff, several packs of cigarettes, a scale, a headscarf, 
and seven pounds of barbecue, <laughs> seven pounds of barbecue chicken wings. <laughs> they yeah. threw more weight and wings in than they did fucking weed. Well, it's easier to get a lot of chicken wings. Yeah, but yeah, that's more of like a smuggling ring than I thought it was just like one guy like yeah yeah Trevor <laughs> yeah. Trevor his uncle Rico yeah <laughs> throw this over the mountain Trevor catch <laughs> it uh has anyone tried to deliver things to jail with a drone I feel like you just fly a drone right I've over heard, the wall and drop it in and yeah. fucking fly it I've out I've heard stories about I that I mean the guy in the tower has got to be a good shot to hit that drone out of the sky. So, I mean. Probably, well, and you know, they're probably not even allowed to do that yeah, because. Allowed, yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah. What it's carrying. But I, I know I've read stories maybe out of like Southern California or Arizona where they've used a drone to fly shit in and like they crashed the drone in the prison by accident and they never got it back. Oh, for sure. They never got it back. They'll use that shit. They'll make all kinds of shit with that stuff. They're, Dude, on this show, this show is crazy. And if you've never seen it, I think it's on Hulu. You can watch all the seasons. Is you were talking about butt stuff. My favorite line from is there's this young fucking uh, there's this young black dude in there, and it's like in the intake, and he looks because what they do is they don't tell the guards they're trying to bust the guards and the inmates because the prison isn't working right basically. So they put normal citizens like us in there to like get Intel, which is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's a secret shopper program exactly. for prisons. Yeah. Exactly. That sounds horrible. Exactly. It's the worst shit ever. And this dude's like, I guarantee you. And this guy isn't one of the participants because they have to interview regular inmates also and talk to them so they make it seem like it's a documentary so they don't, yeah. like, blow anyone's cover, even to the guards. And this little dude's like, he's like, hey, he's like, I guarantee you someone in this intake right now has some shit in their ass. Everything comes in from this intake. And uh, guarantee there's all kinds of fucking drugs in that shit. And uh, that's my favorite quote is this guy telling you that everyone that – in this fucking little prison thing, they're showing everyone in there. Someone has some kind of drugs in their asshole. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good series on Netflix about prisons uh, called uh, the world's, I think it's called world's deadliest prisons. And it was a, it's a story that, about a guy about. who is now with, I think he's either with BBC or associated press, but uh, he was sentenced to life in prison for a murder he didn't commit. And so when he was finally exonerated and released, now they're doing this whole series where he travels to all these really crazy prisons all around the world and kind of shows you what it's like, you know, in South American countries where the prisoners outnumber the guards 1,100 to 1. You know, like when a riot breaks out, the guards just go home. Like they, what, they don't want to die, so they just leave. And they have shrines to all the guards that have been murdered in the prison. And Jesus there's like a, this This Bolivian prison has this hierarchy that is insane where like the people that are at the lowest of the low – their food comes from whatever they can scrap out of the trash. Like they don't even get served meals where in another section of the prison, there's like a bustling commerce section where they've got, they're paying rent for their own rooms. They have their own businesses and they're, 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 is that Brazil? Like, uh, Bolivia. Bolivia. It's like, they don't even, it's like they're I'm not even listener. in jail. The only thing is, is like, they can't go to their house, you know, but, Shit, if you if you see that if you watch it, you'd be like, well, fuck, I wouldn't go home either. I mean, they have everything they need right there. Well, yeah, like, they have bars. They're watching soccer and boxing matches. I've heard like Colombia like, and that fuck? shit. It's like basically run and and even in the sixty days in show, the shit like once you're in those locked doors, like they don't really give a fuck 
uh, it's run by the people in there. Like every time, and and I think there's like six seasons of this show. Every time, like whoever's whatever pod they're in, there's a pod boss. And like I've even seen them where like the guards talk to the pod boss about people doing shit instead of like going and reprimanding a, a single person for doing it. They talk to the person that's like supposedly in charge of that. And, and they let him inmate. handle it. Yeah, dude, it's the fucking. Jails. The one thing I learned from all jail show is fuck jail. And I hope I never go there. Yeah. <laughs> Does not sound fun. No, not at all. But after watching that mo- that world's most dangerous jail show, uh, it makes me glad that I live here in the U.S. I'd rather go to a jail here than the shit that I've seen in some of these other countries. Holy I don't shit. care. No jail for me. Oh, holy shit. Uh, last story I have, and this one is just kind of a random thing that I found is that they added breakdancing to the 2024 Olympics in Paris as an Olympic sport. <laughs> and, and Brian, you've been shaking. You knew this from the beginning when he, when he was telling us about this. I have no idea about this. Uh, this is insane to me. Um, this is not a sport. Uh, it's awesome, but it's not a sport. <laughs> I mean, they got rid of women's softball. But then they're going to put in breakdance. Also I think, not a sport. It, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, it's not <laughs> – I think there's a lot of women that would uh, disagree with you. <laughs> we call uh, it baseball in America? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's one of those just, like, crazy things. Like, it, it, obviously, you have to have strength. You have to be coordinated. But how do you judge that? I mean, are they going to bring in the dudes from oh, there's like MTV be something, yeah. and the Jabberwockies to fucking judge a breakdancing contest? Uh, I'm pretty sure like, there's probably technical. Th- it's just like a cheerleading oh, competition, yeah, I would sure. assume. But then like what? Are we going to have cheerleading in the Olympics now? Maybe. Like, maybe. I mean. Maybe. Video games? Why aren't video games in the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> technical skill. Right? It is. It is. And that this year, I mean, obviously the Olympics didn't happen in 2020. But they're doing them in, in 2021, yeah. and in Japan, they added uh, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing as Olympic sports. So those are the new ones that are going to be coming up on this Olympics that happens this next Wait, year. Skateboarding, surfing, and what was the other one? Sport climbing. So my I, I'm guessing rock climbing. Is that climbing. like how fast yeah, you could climbing. get? Yeah, speed climbing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If it's speed climbing, I'm good with it. Yeah, because you watch those dudes climb that shit, and you're like, holy jump up fuck. That. They yeah. jump, and they're Dude, like, crazy. there's no way. No, I'd, I'd be dead. I'm cool. I'm cool with all those. I'm cool with all three of those. Yeah. Skateboarding takes a lot of skill. Surfing takes a lot of skill. I don't know how to judge them, but like, I'll watch the fuck out of it. I love when the Olympics come around. Yeah, they've been trying to incorporate more X Games stuff in the Olympics for a long time. I'm, so. I'm totally down with that. But they're going to call it breaking. I need like more. I got a gold medal in breaking. I need more competitive Olympics. Like I agree. It should be like strength-based. You know, everyone's doing the 100-yard dash the fastest as they can. We need like arm wrestling competition. Yeah, oh, there we sure. go. Why, That's what I'm talking about. Why don't we have about. that? Leg yeah. wrestling, I'd even leg, leg wrestling, wrestling. Yes, I'm in. I'm in on that. I agree. There, there needs to be more. And then uh, you can do those kind of things against other people, like no blinking contests. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's better than break dancing. It I sure think. is. Because right. break dancing, you're just a single person out there, and it's and it's like gymnastics. Yeah. Like you have to grade them on yeah, all it these be things against someone else. Yes, yeah. exactly. Competition. It's rock all paper about scissors. Competition. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> and uh, oh, I just thought of another one too. 
Oh, the stuff that was on the Ocho where they box and then play chess. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's pr- that. <laughs> the Ocho has some great sports on. There. That should be the main event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If but you're if you're giving someone a medal to fly a drone around a gymnasium, you should also give someone a medal for boxing and playing, playing chess. chess. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Like, what, what gets me with the whole breakdancing thing is in gymnastics, they all have the like, like. There's a set of standards for movement. You know, if they're going to do a twist, if they're going to do a flip, if they're going to do a jump, like those are all standard. They're scored on a standard scale. You know, either you can do it and land it, you twist it and land it, whatever it is. But break dancing, that's such, it's up to whoever's doing the dance. It's up to the so judge. I know, basically. I know kids, like when I worked at, I worked at a nightclub here called Elite that was open in Rockbrook for, you know, I worked there as a bouncer for a couple of years and we'd have guys that would come in that could break dance. And they would do it like before the night got real busy and the, the dance floor was crowded. This one kid could do like shit on his pinkies. Like he was just, his whole body was nothing but muscle. And he was like five foot four and 130 pounds. But a dude who's like six foot two, 200 pounds, he might be able to do some of those things, but he's not going to be able to do the same movements. So are they going to have like a weight class for break dancing? I mean, just. It, how, how do it you just judge boils that? down it's to so a different. technical thing and this is i i probably shouldn't even talk about this because there's fucking rumors out there about me and being canceled <laughs> <laughs> but on my way to my honeymoon in the car we had a huge argument about competition and transgender people uh like a dude uh who's who was born as a man who who transgender whatever fucking transitions into a woman competing in women's sports to me is fucked up and because i'm all about competition is why i bring this up so breakdancing to me is not a real event because there's not like it's not a competition like brian all events brian brought up are head to head that's like competition and to me the fucking trans that's not that's against like competition because they were they were born like you can't be like a 30 the rock and say you're a woman tomorrow and then go and fucking fight guys or run against guys in some kind of athletic competition that's not fucking fair. It's a uh, legal competition, dude. Yeah. No, and I get what you're saying. It's it's the difference in body composition. Yeah, I think that stuff will sort itself out. You know, it's good to be concerned about it, but you know, don't let it run your life. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. There are there are there are a lot of people that <laughs> <You> seemed pretty <laughs> concerned. <laughs> it does not run my that. life. <laughs> I did get in an argument about it, but I also like to play oh, devil's advocate, I so I started one. the argument. Like a hot ones challenge for the Olympics. Oh, perfect. Oh, fuck yeah. Perfect. <laughs> we just learned that our very own Daisy, who was on uh, a couple sh- episodes ago, could win that most likely because she has no taste buds. <laughs> Maybe she had Rona. Oh, that could be. Oh, that's what it is. You get the Rona, and then you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and do their challenge. Get your there plaque, you go. knock it out of the park. Yeah, my buddy sent me a video because he had it, and all he lost was his sense of taste and smell. He didn't have any other. Otherwise, symptoms. he felt fine. He felt yeah. absolutely fine. He said, like one day, he kind of felt a little run down. He was like, "But I didn't know if it's because I didn't sleep well or I drank too much the night before." He, he said he would have just blown it off as anything else. But it was the day after that he woke up with no sense of smell or taste that he knew he should go get tested and tested positive. But uh, he sent everybody uh, like in our that went to high school together that were still kind of in his uh, friend group. A video of him eating a raw onion. He took a yellow onion, cut the ends off, peeled it, and ate the entire thing. 
just ate an entire yellow onion. I was like, dude, what was That's that like? He was pretty like, impressive. He was like, he was like, it, it reminded him of eating a water chestnut. Yeah, like, I could just see the that. texture, the water, but no flavor whatsoever. He ate a whole clove of garlic. He put it in his mouth, started chewing it. I was like, dude, that's got to be terrible. He's like, not for me. That guy's <laughs> stomach has to hurt no, after that shit. I, I bet it does. But yeah, that 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 whole thing with breakdancing in the Olympics, I'm not. I don't. I'm not in agreement. Look, I love breakdancing and I love the Olympics. I don't love them together. That's my opinion. It makes me wonder. You know, think of all the things that they've removed from the Olympics. They removed boxing from the Olympics. Oh, really? Well, I if they have. Their, they did. They have their own world challenge. Yeah, you know, then it's not that big of a deal. It's like they do baseball in the Olympics, but no one really cares about it because they do the World Challenge of Baseball every couple of years. Yeah, I don't think I think baseball's gone for sure now out of the Olympics because yeah. of that. That's why they did do the World Baseball Challenge now. Mm-hmm. They removed wrestling. Now, like, think about that's that. Super lame. That was like one of the original sports yes. for the Olympics. So. But nobody cares That's about wrestling That's the ultimate anymore. Olympic sport. You're head-to-head with a man. You got to pin him or you fucking – or whatever. And, uh, I mean, that's the ultimate Olympic sport, I feel like. That and racing someone. They got – so know? maybe it wasn't boxing they got rid of. I know it was something to do with boxing that I had seen a thing about. I think they got rid of, like, the they, – they replaced the uh, governing body for the Olympics part of it. Uh, but they got rid of golf in the past, which I'm okay with. That's not, to me, something I could – I can't even watch that on regular TV if it's on, let alone – I think golf was only around for like a year yeah. or so in the Olympics. That's kind of – yeah, I don't uh, – They got rid of skeleton sledding, skill. which, I mean, that's a skilled thing, but, I mean – What is that? What is skeleton sledding? I, if I remember correctly, it's the, the board is kind of like when they go down those like bobsled things or like those yeah, loose things. Yeah, it's a solo things. bobsled. It's like a it's solo just, oh, thing. Oh, you gotcha. It's super uh, dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, people die. I, the, somebody died, what, a few years ago? Maybe f- an Olympics or two ago, somebody took their head off doing a, an event. Uh, they got rid of rugby, which that's a perfect Olympic sport if you ask yeah. me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they got rid of tug of war. Hello. Great Olympic sport. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I will like we at my house. Uh, I have three sons that are older and now I just got married and added a daughter also. And we have a trophy that I made. That's an old globe that I spray painted gold and it's the house championship. And every year uh, throughout the year, like we play risk, uh, we do swimming fucking shit. We do <laughs> a lot of these things. Uh, so tug of war, shit like that in my house and someone wins the, uh, house championship. So I'm, I'm pretty sure with, uh, some of the things you're saying that my Olympics at my house is better than the real Olympics. <laughs> For some to, of these I'm events, gonna, I think it I'm going to broadcast it. Dude, a game of risk at my house becomes cutthroat to where like, I don't even like playing because <laughs> I end up hating my sons when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> You just want to start punishing them for shit. Oh, they I didn't just want do. to punch them in the face, and <laughs> not even punish them. That's why I was so happy I got Monopoly for the Switch. Ooh, and it's oh. it's amazing. There's like no arguments. There's no cheating. There's no <laughs> thrown boards across the room. Are the uh, are the is a computer player as smart as a human player though? Like on the moves, the strategic moves they I make. Know, I've only played with other people. Oh, like, oh, it's so like an online you can play online. But yeah, you could play six people in your house with it and just pass the controller around, and oh, that's, that's how we super cool. That. But I it's been awesome. That. That's awesome. Damn, that's something I'll definitely add have to it check to your out. list. Yeah. I will. I, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> oh, don't remind me. 
I'm ready for Christmas to be over. Yeah, I think I I got to hit up Bed Bath and Beyond when I'm done here and look for something for Tracy. You're gonna smell a lot of stuff in there. I think I'm gonna give her a bidet. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yes, <laughs> the, the one that like you hook on your toilet or whatever. When I built the bathroom upstairs last year, I purposefully put a outlet next to the toilet. Oh, nice! So I can get one that plugs in and gets hot water. There you go. You're not scooting your poop shooter with cold water. <laughs> yeah. I heard once you go bidet, you never go back, dude. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I don't know. Well, I like every podcast them. I listen to that's sponsored by. Tushy, Tushy, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that ad probably three or four times a week for the last year and a half. I missed out on the. I was gonna get it for her for Valentine's Day, and then I didn't do it. And then of course everyone was out of toilet paper. I'm like, oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done it. I would have been a hero. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is a super smart thing to do in this day and age. Oh shit! Like the way everybody talks about it, you just feel better. I, I don't know. Yeah, with a clean butthole, you always feel better. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else, Davis? Uh, I do not. I have the picks for the Cheeto Challenge, and uh, I have Andres, the creator of the Cheeto Challenge, says Brian's going to get eight. Daryl says nine. Scott says eight. I didn't get anything from Billy. Uh, Daryl also says that you won't get more than 10. That's I agree. I say six because I also cheated and heard Brian say he thinks he has a small mouth. And I think that plays a big part into it. Yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> when you're stuffing shit uh, in your mouth. Yeah, I don't know if it's technique or what, but I always feel like I have big cheeks and a like it's just a big tongue. Like there's no room in there. No <laughs> I feel room. this you know, I never I couldn't put it I couldn't put a thing on it. I, I wanted to have big bravado always in this Cheeto challenge and say I was gonna get like eight or nine. But I can only get like six. That's why I chose six is because I also have a big tongue and big cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> but mine's mainly because I'm a huge fat ass. So <laughs> So uh, for this challenge, we actually have a song that uh, I heard Brian playing in the kitchen the other day. And it just brought me back to like my rock music in the 90s. Is it Mastodon? No. It's this green jelly, three little pigs. Oh, nice. <laughs> Brian's opening the bag right now. He's checking it out. The over-under for the gamblers is seven. There are there are zero straight. Oh, there's zero. There. That's the always. You got to look for the straight ones. There is none. There are none. Yeah. Well, I still think it's funny that Daisy practiced with the wrong Cheetos, and she screwed herself because she used the generic ones, and they were a different size. Well, I was super high the other night, and with my wife, uh, I watched the creation of Cheetos. Like, a, uh, it's Unwrapped, I think, is the series name, and uh, they showed how Cheetos are is made. That, is that the show with Mark Summers? Yes, and they <laughs> said that the Cheetos get their shape, the crunchy ones and the puffy ones, by a secret. They're, they won't show you. They wouldn't show you in the video because it's a secret form that they, when they shoot them out, it's cornmeal. And ch- old cheddar. Yeah, I'm ready Let's whenever do you it. are. Let's do it. He's got to go all the way in. They just stick out everywhere. Yeah, you can have half of it as in. As long as more than half right. of it's in. Right. None of them can break. Number one goes in. Left side, just like everyone else. Number two. Also left. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I do like the song. No, he's got three in there. Well, this is a new technique. I think he's going to try and go all oh. halves. No, but that's a good technique. That is go a good technique. With the yeah. halves out. Yep. So he's got half of it in, half of it out. And this is, oh, he went two at a time right there. I don't even know. That's what, six, seven, eight. Oh! He's got six <laughs> he's right <fast>. now. 
can't. <laughs> I think that's eight now. He's about to put eight in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That might. That's eight. That's eight. Nine. Yeah. He's got nine. He's got nine. Count it. Hey, you didn't get him up. Grab him a bag real quick so he can spit <laughs> these out in I will. I will. <laughs> we always forget to get the bag for the end. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got Brian on with nine now. Holy shit. I did not expect that. But, I mean, I guess I did say eight, but damn. Daryl nailed it right on the head with nine. I do have to let this be known, too. So, there's a a beef with Andres and Daryl right now over the Cheeto Challenge. And uh, I I won't go too far into the beef. However... Uh, it's going to be a more interesting competition to watch than fucking Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. That's for sure. So, uh, I have decided that I'm not content with 15. 15 is, I mean, that that's a good number, but that's not unbeatable. I feel like there's somebody that can do 15. In fact, uh, my girlfriend, the uh, narcissism oozing out of this guy's body right now. Okay. Well, so. <laughs> My girlfriend got 10, and she sent me a video and uh, had no trouble doing 10. So I think... So you're insulted because you got five more? I am insulted, and I think I can do 20. So when we do our our Christmas episode and they do their challenge, uh, I'm just going to make them cry. I'm going to make them upset because I'm going to do 20 before they can get theirs done. You're going to do 20 on our Christmas episode? That's disgusting. That's, That's the goal. That's the goal. I might not even show up. (laughs) (laughs) I might die. I might kill myself. I might block my airway. Uh, But, yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for 20. I think if I can get 20. Well, at least our podcast will be famous for the first guy dying (laughs) on a podcast. Dying on Cheeto dust on a podcast. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, that's the goal. That's, That's my plan. That's a good plan. So tune in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't have video again this week because uh, I'm a dumbass and forgot my other laptop at home. But uh, we're actually working on getting some. It's all right. I think only Butters equipment. watches it anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but we're, we're working on getting some different video equipment, too. So we're going to up the quality and the production value on that as well uh, here in the near future, probably sometime after the first of the year. Well, that sounds good. Uh, awesome. Hit our email. So, I also drew a picture of Greg Warren on this napkin for you guys when the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> so email is uh, doorguyspod at yahoo.com. We're on all social media at the same, at doorguyspod. Uh, and, yeah, uh, we'll have the recap up tomorrow when we post the episode as well. That's one of my favorite things about episodes is trying to find the pictures that go for that recap. I love that. <laughs> that's that's like the highlight of my Mondays. It's when I should things. be when I should be doing work at my real full-time job, I'm just scouring the internet for random pictures and uh, I found I found myself a couple times doing it from my work computer. So if they look at my search history, I could get a talking to, but we'll see. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and so yeah, that's all we got for this week. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening and tuning Thanks for in. joining we us, Brian. Thank Brian Thanks, for joining us. Thanks for the we're, jambalaya. We're definitely going to have yeah. to have him back on and, and get more stories from him in the future. Uh, so to take us out, I got a song from a band that I know Brian is a fan of. So thanks for listening and we'll check you guys next week. Oh, this is Mastodon. Oh yeah. <laughs>